Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks for jumping into another episode. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about this concept of having a practice. How could having a practice or cultivating your practice help you, maybe in your business, maybe in your relationships, right? So I'm going to talk a little bit about this. We ran a workshop last night, which was a new workshop, uh, Energy Generation for Business Owners, and the concept of having a practice or using a practice to cultivate intent to generate energy was something that was a key part of the session. So I wanted to sort of deconstruct it a little bit and share it on the podcast. So let's jump in. This is John Marshall listening to the Access Potential podcast. So there's a lot of different perspectives that we can take when we look at something like business. And one of those perspectives is kind of from this energetic standpoint. So it's basically saying, yep, we've got marketing, we've got content creation, we have these things that we need to do. We have innovation, uh, we have culture, team meetings, and these are critical. And these sit on top of the willingness and ability to do these things well, consistently, with energy, and cultivate the capacity and the energy to do this stuff on an ongoing basis. So effectively, the energy generation or having this energetic perspective is sort of just the underlying. It sits below the tactical stuff. So it's deeper than mindset. It's sort of at this physiological level. You know, we could think of it even down to the cellular level. How are we producing energy at the cellular level, ATP, uh, you know, from fuel, right? All the way through to our, our team, our culture, how are we producing or cultivating or generating energy in our staff meeting? You know, how are we elevating the culture? Uh, are we innovating? How are we moving forward on new projects and ideas? So this energetic perspective is really recognizing that the flow of energy through the system is kind of the key driver for performance, for learning, for playfulness, for growth, for uh, you know, uh, even vitality, really. And so when we think about this and then we reflect kind of on how we sit in our business and the ecosystem around us and social media and email and all of these happenings, we can see that this concept of a practice, right, a personal practice becomes super relevant. And so I want to talk a little bit about that today and just break down a couple of different takeaways and, and sort of thoughts on this because I think that is really valuable in particular as the rate of change goes up in the world around us, right? So what is a practice? You know, we hear the word all the time. What does it look like? What could it do? People talk about it. I think the first thing to recognize is that the practice is going to have a really individual element to it quite often. And, you know, I think about Ruby who helped me to host this event that we ran last night. And the practices that Ruby has are very different from the practices that I have. And, you know, we framed up the start of this episode around this concept of energy. And when we look at Ruby and then we look at myself, for example, of two people, we can see that we have a very different energy at our very essence, right? 
Ruby, you know, has more of a feminine essence and I have more of a masculine essence. So the practices that we're going to be drawn to or that help us to cultivate this energy or, our, or this essence or our own energy is going to look really different. And, you know, looking back, there were a lot of times when Ruby and myself would kind of have a similar practice for a little while. And this was kind of before we understood this at this deeper level. And you know what? It just didn't work. Uh, it didn't work for Ruby or it didn't work for myself. I would come along with her to certain types of yoga or certain things, you know, many years ago. And I simply wouldn't hang around. It, I would last maybe a few weeks and then I would move on to something else. Or Ruby would, you know, try a seated meditation practice or a stillness or breath practice for a while. And again, it wouldn't really resonate. And then she'd find herself going to something a little bit more movement focused and free flowing. So I think that's the first thing is that the practice, when we look at a practice and we look at cultivating something or consider the ideas that we're going to have different practices, we're going to have different approaches and find things that are different depending on who we are and sort of our own energy and what we're looking to get out of it. I think there's a couple of things when I kind of consider what we're trying to get out of it or what I'm trying to get out of a practice. A couple of things kind of stand out. And the first one is this concept of practicing or, or sort of cultivating our relationship with our ability to move forward or our, our relationship with intent or our ability to move forward towards our dream towards the the our journey the, the direction we want to move even if we're not clear exactly uh, what that is but our ability to to do this even when we don't feel like it so there's this concept or feeling that is below sort of the high frequency shifts of thought and emotion that we recognize and we sort of honor and an example of this might be, you know, for me, one of the practices for the last 10, 12 years has been a seated uh, meditation practice, you know, just a stillness practice. And it's pretty boring to watch uh, or pretty boring to talk about. However, a lot of times when I wake up in the morning, I won't necessarily want to go and sit. So the thought, the aversion to the practice is present. The, the thought is going, oh, go do something else, you know, or sleep in. Uh, now, I know that this practice makes me feel better. I know it helps me. I know it helps pretty much every aspect of how I show up, uh, the work that I do, my relationships. And so this deeper understanding, this deeper relationship with who I want to be, how I want to show up, the journey that I'm on is what I'm trying to connect with by sitting down. So it's basically saying, look, I can sit down, I can, I, can, I can sort of deepen this relationship with intent or with this bigger journey on where I want to go, how I want to feel, even though I don't feel like it, even though the thought is against doing the practice. So that's the first one is it's, it's a practice of showing up. It's a practice of um, your link with this, bigger journey that you're on and so I think that's really valuable you know and this could be 
when we look at this sort of attribute or this kind of way of thinking about it, we could have lots of different things that we could turn into or consider a practice. Uh, there's this one time about, I think it was about five years ago, because I was 30, and I was down at Kangaroo Island, and I was doing a, I went down there, that's off of South Australia, and I went down there to do a solo uh, silent meditation retreat at this Buddhist retreat center. And I'm about eight days in, something like that, and I'm, I have this sort of, I guess, little practice kind of thing. Like I'm, I'm cleaning the little, it's a little mud brick home and I'm cleaning it up. So you kind of prepare your meal, clean up after the meal and then go back to your meditation, whatever you had, to, whatever you're doing. And I'm sweeping the floor. It's not a very big space and I'm sweeping the, this kind of wood floor out to the door and I'm using one of those um, sort of bristle kind of brooms with the long bristles that you just hold. Normally it would be attached to a broomstick, like a witch's broomstick, but there's no stick on it. It's just you hold it with your hand. So I'm sweeping the floor. I'm sweeping the floor. And it's not something I particularly wanted to do. However, it's I found myself almost kind of lost in it or very present in this sort of act. And it was really interesting because I realized in that moment that growing up, uh, my dad had always been incessant around cleaning, sweeping, hosing off when we lived on a boat, hosing off the deck of the boat, uh, cleaning things. And I always got this impression when I was little, I always thought for some reason that he was frustrated with things. And I recognized in this moment when I was down there that he literally just had this, this cleaning thing, this returning things to their place, whatever it was, as a practice. And it was something that he did uh, to sort of to sort of to bring this presence to it, to re sort of return everything to order in its rightful place. And he, he had this as a practice for himself. So anyway, I called him after this retreat and it was interesting. It kind of changed our whole relationship, which was pretty cool. But that's the first part to me is that we have this underlying recognition that if we show up for this, we're going to be cultivating our relationship with our journey with intent and understanding that we can do things even when the thought, the thinking might not be in that same direction. I think number two, and this is, you know, regardless again of what type of practice you have or create is that it allows you to cultivate presence or intent within the practice itself. So, you know, for example, I know Ruby does a lot of uh, Kundalini meditation, which has a lot of movement in it and a lot of breathing in it. And for example, when she's doing this, there's no, uh, this Kundalini yoga or meditation, there's no, there's nothing else that is happening at the same time so when we're engaged in the practice whether it's you know yoga maybe it's movement whatever it is whatever you choosing to set up it could be making lunch for the kids before school it could be putting the cutlery away you know in the right place after you do the dishes whatever this practice is that you create 
you're working, you're, you're putting energy into doing it with intent. So doing it with a non-habitual uh, slant or angle and you're practicing this, you're practicing, practicing this cultivation of this intent in the process of whatever you're doing. You could call it, think of it, I, I guess, as mindfulness also comes to mind as a way of thinking about it. And again, I think really important because in a, in a world where there's infinite opportunity for, you know, among other things, a short-term reward cycle through a dopamine hit, this ability or willingness to challenge ourselves to sit down and, or, or stand up or whatever you're doing and cultivate attention for the thing that you're doing I think is really powerful and it, and it moves us forward because it's a transferable skill. So it moves us forward in other directions as well. So number three, and this comes back to the uh, energetic perspective, is that the practice wants to cultivate energy. And so this is only this number three is only really relevant if you have an energetic view of life or business or the world. Uh, so if you don't, then this wouldn't be relevant. If you do, then what we want to make sure is that the practice that we're doing generates energy. So it's it's generative, right? Not destructive. And you know, this takes me back to kind of the triathlon days and all of this you know, overtraining cycle that I was on for probably a decade. And at the time, I would have considered a lot of the running, a lot of the training as sort of a practice because one, it practiced sort of this showing up and it satisfied number two, which was being present in the moment and being in this flow state. But number three, if I'm, if I, if I look at it, you know, completely objectively, there's no way that, you know, two-hour runs were generative from an energetic perspective. I might feel energized for a little bit afterwards. However, there's no way physiologically that this could generate energy. It's a very destructive um, process. Yeah, it's going to allow a person to get fitter or faster at running, but from a from a tissue breakdown perspective or from an energetic usage or energetic perspective, it uses a ton of energy. So it, we basically end up in a more of a depleted state after this. So this generative viewpoint means that, you know, when we look at whatever it is that we're doing, we need to, it needs to create energy, you know, it needs to generate energy. Do we feel afterwards do we feel a consistent increase in energy on a on a longer term cycle as well not just a short-term dopamine hit not just a adrenaline cortisol rush but something something longer something more consistent it takes me to the work of simon borg olivier who i've recently blogged about again uh, and i've known simon for years and have followed his work particularly around his pranayama and his approach to posture movement and breathing and Simon has some great sort of insights to this and when we talked about 
uh, I've interviewed him a couple of times on this podcast actually. And when I talk to him about his movement practice or around exercise, he thinks his viewpoint is that, you know, one of the key goals here is to move and circulate loving energy and information through the body. So through our movement, through our breath, through our awareness and attention, circulate loving energy and information through the body. And when you hear that, you think about that as a very generative sort of perspective or generative idea. And some of the other things that he uh, talks about in here is when you do this, you should feel warm, right? It's a warming feeling. Again, it, it takes us to this kind of energetic or generative sort of approach or concept uh, and, and not depleting, right? So it allows us to feel, to feel energized, to feel warm, and to feel like there's good circulation at the, at the physical level. Now, we can zoom out and we can look at the business, for example. One thing I talk about a lot is this concept of a weekly meeting. You know, I was on a call with a business owner uh, just yesterday, and we spent a big chunk of the call going through this, a, a way of setting up a weekly meeting for the staff. And we talked about four elements to the meeting. One being gratitude, kicking it off with gratitude, Two being um, some updates, so getting everyone up to speed on what's going on personally and professionally. Uh, number three being goals for the week ahead. And then number four being, you know, recognizing any stories or assists from other people in the team. Now, if we look at these four, three of them in particular, the gratitude, the goals, the assists, are all energy generators. So if if I express my gratitude towards a coworker, towards a colleague, towards you know, anything, a, a, a boss, whoever it is, it generates energy. It, it, it propels them forward. It propels me forward. It, from a business perspective, it's generating energy for the whole sort of entity or organization. It is, in Simon's words, spreading loving energy and information through the organism or through the organization. So again, this would be a generative practice for the business. When we think about a destructive practice for the business would be something similar to that two-hour long run, right? So for an athlete, it's like the high-level training session. For the business, it might be the sprint at the end to get a project out. And yes, it needed to happen. We recognize the importance of it because this is a deliverable. However, when we look at it from a cultural level or an energy generation level, it's not something that's generating energy, right? So it's sort of it's sort of depleting a little bit of the energetic resources or using the energetic resources within the organism or organization to create an output, which is required. However, it would not be considered an energy generation practice. So things that bring us together, things that elevate people, things that elevate us as humans. And it's interesting, of course, because business is always built on human first right so it's human centric at the heart of it uh, which is you know really important because it me makes us understand that any energy generation practice in a business is going to be going to likely have some element of human connection in there or things that would elevate us individually as a human at the core so 
that's kind of all I wanted to do is break down these three and then also talk a little bit about that individual nature. And, you know, when we think about this, I guess as a final note, as we think about this energy generation concept overall, one of the sort of uh, elements of this is that life sets itself up between two poles of energy. Business sets itself up between two poles of value. So energy flow creates life. Uh, value flow creates business. So one thing we could do is look at, at a very simple level, setting up a practice uh, between the two poles. So basically as an individual, as a human, we could go outside, we could sit in the sun, we could go for a walk in the sun, we could use the practice to also integrate nature, to integrate um, ways of energizing ourselves in our environment, in the sort of broader ecosystem as well. So that's kind of it for the day. Uh, one thing, you know, a lot of a lot of times people will have a practice for a little a little while, and then it'll break down, and they may or may not come back. You know, something that we've all done. But you know, when we have a consistent practice, it allows us to build trust in that practice itself. Uh, so we start to trust ourselves more to show up and continue. So if the practice that you picked up was uh, not generative in terms of energy, maybe do some little tweaks to it and come back to it. And just recognize that like anything, cultivating the practice is going to be a process of learning. You know, it's teaching the body, teaching the physiology, teaching the mind to return, to come back. And learning is very effective when the start of it is really messy. You know, so if we kick off the practice and then we fail to show up on day three, that's okay. We can just play with that and show up again on day four. So it's a it's a process of trying, trying, and trying again. Uh, but you know, potentially well worth the struggle for the returns that we can get from it. So that's it for today. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send me any questions. John at johntmarsh.com. Let me know what is your practice. What do you consider your practices? Uh, what do you notice from your practices and how have they helped you? Or if you're new to this and looking to create something, what would you like to get out of the practice? You know, what would you be looking for in a practice? Love to hear from you as always. And thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Have a interview with Ben Greenwood from 100% Strength, who's coming back on the podcast after a really great first interview. So a lot of very cool specific uh, value for those of you who are starting projects or starting or in small business. So we'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much.